we believe there's something different, at least in our minds, about being a teammate as opposed to being on a team, right? You can be assigned to a team, and you probably are. But if you consider yourself to be a teammate, you think differently about those that you work with. You likely care more for, recognize that your work interfaces and interacts with others more, take more responsibility for the interaction, the connection, the relationship with those folks. The future of work isn't about shareholder value, technology, metrics, or automation. It's about being human and putting people first through actionable love. Welcome to the Love in Action podcast, where we hold deep conversations with extraordinary people to help you grow as a leader and expand your business. Here's your host, Marcel Schwantes. Welcome to the Love in Action podcast, the show where we explore the intersection of leadership and practical love. We follow the evidence that when people are engaged, they're growing and they feel like they belong. It's a place where they feel loved. And that's really good for business. So glad you could join us. In this remote work age in which we find ourselves, how do you stay engaged and communicate effectively and and stay productive from our bedrooms and our living rooms? Sure, I mean, we got these really cool nifty devices. But back in the day, seems like forever ago, doesn't it? We're talking just last year. We could collaborate in person, you know, just generate synergy in our workspaces, inches from each other, looking eyeball to eyeball, not screen to screen. And we could get a lot done and not only that, but feel good about the people we work with because, you know, we're connecting face to face. And that's what happens when you're in the same room, right? There's that buzz, which I have found is so incredibly important for connecting from human to human. But things have changed. We now find ourselves facing an entirely new way of working. That's why I'm excited about today's episode. Help is on the way, folks. In a new book called The Long Distance Teammate, stay engaged and connected while working anywhere The authors tackle three important issues, navigating the the personal and interpersonal, growing the skills to be productive and communicating effectively. My goodness, we need that the most when we're staring into screens. So in short, there's a big difference between working at home and being great as a remote teammate, which is the topic of today's shows. One of the authors of this book, The Long Distance Teammate, is Kevin Eikenberry. I've been following Kevin and his thought leadership for years now. Kevin is a world expert on leadership development and learning. He is the chief potential officer of the Kevin Eikenberry Group and co-founder of the Remote Leadership Institute. Twice, he has been named by Inc. As one of the top 100 leadership and management experts in the world, he's also the author, co-author, or a contributing author to nearly 20 books, including bestsellers, Remarkable Leadership, From Bud to Boss, and The Long Distance Leader. He now joins us on the show. Kevin, welcome to the Love and Action Podcast. (laughs) I am so glad to be here. Thanks for that lovely introduction. Hopefully we can answer some of the questions, some we can close some of the loops that you opened in that. Open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot first with a gratitude moment. This tradition on the show. So what makes you smile these days when you get up in the morning with the craziness surrounding us? 
Well, you know, the good news is one of the things that's changed for me is that I don't get on airplanes anymore. I haven't been on an airplane in, and by the time this comes out, probably about a year. So I'm grateful that every morning, not just most mornings, but every morning, I wake up and I see my bride next to me. Mm. How does the day not start good if you wake up next to your best friend and you know that you're going to see her and spend time with her at some point? Yeah, I love it. My bride is in Nashville, two and a half hours away right now at a conference. And she left yesterday. The moment she walked out the door, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be four days till I see her again. Man, talk about painful. But yes. So, you know, people, people, because I've traveled so much for so long. People said, well, is Lori going to get tired of you being home all the time? I literally, I asked her last night. So like, you know, are you tired of me being home? She goes, no, I love you being home. So (laughs) we must be doing something right. How long have you been married? Well over 30 years. Let's see this year. What year is it? 2021? Uh, (laughs) It'll be 35 this summer. Fantastic. Congrats on that, Kevin. Well, before we dive into this book and explore what you found Let's get into the big picture. I mean, what's, what's the big idea behind the long-distance teammate? Well, you know, Marcel, you already said it. You said it in the open. The big idea is that there's a big difference between working from home and being an effective member of, of a team or a remote teammate. I know we're going to dive into that word in a minute, but here's the thing. If people are just thinking about this as, I work at home now, that's a different viewpoint. That's a different perspective. That's a different mindset. Then say, hey, I'm a member of a team. I'm a teammate to all these other folks around me. They're just not right next to me anymore. Mm. And changing our thinking about that is a huge part of us having, of being more successful, but also feeling more connected and having less stress in this new sort of different working world. Yeah. So we were talking about this offline a minute ago. And, you know, if I'm a leader, I may pick up the book and and assume, oh, this is not for me. It's for my subordinates, right? The word teammate kind of jumps out at you. But tell us really who this book is for. Well, so first of all, if you're a leader and you're thinking this is for my team, well, then go buy copies for all of them. That would be a good place to start. (laughs) But let's just start here. This book is for anyone who's working remotely. So whether they're full-time, whether they're part-time, whether they're contractors, whether they're gig workers, whatever, whatever that is, it's for you. And I would say even maybe for you, if you're a gig worker, if you're a contract worker, if you're on a project, it might be more for you than you realize. And I'm sure we'll uncover that as we go. Yeah. And as you already said, Marcel, as a leader, you're on at least two teams. You're a member of the team that you lead and you're on at least the team of your peers. And so, and you're working remotely too, right? That's right. So this book is, while it's written for us, except for the last chapter, with our teammate hat on, it applies to pretty much all of us that are yeah. in this working world. Yeah, thanks for clarification there. Okay, let's key in on three words. You chose these three words f- for the subtitle, which you say was chosen intentionally. <laughs> so I want to highlight them for context. Teammate, connected, engaged. Why are these words so important now? Well, we picked the word team. We'll start with teammate because it's yeah. in the title, right? The long distance teammate. We didn't say long distance team member. We didn't say long distance worker. We believe there's something different, at least in our minds, about being a teammate as opposed to being on a team, right? You can be assigned to a team and you probably are, but if you consider yourself to be a teammate, you think differently about those that you work with. You likely care more for 
recognize that your work interfaces and interacts with others more, take more responsibility for the interaction, the connection, the relationship with those folks. And so we believe that matters. And that's an important part of this working world, again, regardless of whether it's full-time, part-time, you know, contractor, whatever. And if we start to think about our work that way, we'll be more successful and find more meaning in our work too, which leads us to that second word, which is engaged, right? And so, so many people like me, and by like me, I mean consultants and writers and all that sort of stuff, have promulgated a dangerous myth. I'd like to think I haven't, but a lot of people have promulgated the myth that says, okay, leaders, you need to engage your people. Okay, organizations, you need to have some engagement strategies. Well, not really, because at the end of the day, engagement belongs to all of us individually. We make a choice to say, I'm in. We make a choice to say, I care, because an engagement at the end of the day is, I care, and that I'm willing to put in discretionary effort, discretionary thought, because this work matters to me. Now, as leaders, can we do things to support that and encourage that? Yes, but it is not something we do to people. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Let me key in on that a little more, a little bit more, because you're right. I bang on the drum of employee engagement all the time. I mean, my course teaches employee engagement, but I'm saying that leaders have to set the conditions necessary for discretionary effort to be released, but you can't force an employee engagement program down people's throats. It doesn't work that way. So you flip the tables here and you say that engagement belongs to you. You, in this case, is the employee. Well, Tell us more about that, because this is so intriguing. Explain what what that is. You are responsible for your own engagement. What does that look like? Well, so let me just say one more thing back to the leadership part that you were describing. And that, yes, there are things as leaders. I'm I'm not saying that leaders have no responsibility here. We can certainly set the conditions. But it is about a lot more than massages and ping pong tables and, you know, whatever. Like, the point is that at the end of the day, we as individuals say, does this work matter to me enough for me to say I'm in? And so at the end of the day, that's a choice. Yeah. Right. I was on a podcast with someone the other day and they said, are you also then saying, Kevin, if you're not engaged where you are, you should go somewhere else? Maybe. But if you've gone four places in a row and say, well, I'm not engaged here. At some point, this is about you, not about your place of work. Right. And so I would say that at the end of the day, engagement is about a choice that we make. And so what we're trying to do in this book is help people recognize that it is a choice. And when someone says, I want to be engaged, I want to care, then what can I do to make that happen or to reinforce that choice when I'm not with folks every day, all day long, because I'm working from the north end of my dining room table? Yeah, yeah. Well, that reminds me, a little quick story for me. Back in my corporate days, when I was, you know, doing the, the, the grind as an HR guy, I was, try, I was trying to fit in with the existing culture, except the culture didn't match my values. There were, you know, shady stuff going on. And so that disengaged me to the point where I knew it was time to go. You know, every day I wa- would walk in the office and the air will get sucked out of me because of this toxic environment that I was in. Now, if that's the situation you find yourself in, by all means, move on. But if every place you go, you're blaming someone else for you not being engaged at some point. At you. Yeah. you got, it's us. Right. right. And so you made the choice to say, that's not where I need to be. And I, would, I support that. 
yeah. for anyone who's listening. Yeah, run forest run. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I think we're on the same page here. And, yeah. and you're exact I appreciate the example because we're run we're right on the same in this. Yeah. Point. Awesome. Okay. We're gonna cover the strategies for being a successful remote teammate. But before we go into solution mode, let's go into problem mode, Kevin. What are some of the things that somebody listening right now in whatever capacity, leader, individual contributor, may be doing wrong as a remote teammate? Well, <laughs> People can make their own list, right? <laughs> um, we have trouble with our work-life balance because we're working where we live. We're having trouble with productivity. We're stressed. We don't feel connected. We're becoming more and more insular in our work. We could make a long list. And, mm. and, and that long list that we could make, Marcel, doesn't even get to what I call the COVID layer, which yeah. is a whole nother layer, right? I believe that the things that we're talking about today will apply, can apply to us, not just in, in January or March of 2021, but in 2022 and 2023 and 2024, because people are going to be working, more and more people are going to be working at a distance from their colleagues and teammates, right? So I'm not even talking about the COVID layer. So if you're sitting there listening to us or exercising while you listen to us, and you're thinking, well, this is all going to get better when there's a vaccine. I'm not saying that a vaccine isn't going to be useful. And, and of course, when that's all done, then some people will go back to work some of the time. But we're going to have a, we're going to have a hybrid workplace long into the future, I think, for many, many people. Yeah. Well, but here's the real gold nugget right here, okay? The three factors that you found in your research that impact the overall quality of remote work, okay, and lead to remote work success. Oh, man, this is getting to the top of the mountain. So I'm going to leave you guys in suspense just for a minute. Kevin and I will tackle that topic after a quick break. Hang tight. Hey, leaders and managers, Marcel here. You probably already know this if you've been following the show. The question comes up often. What's the purpose of this show? What's the why behind love and action? Well, the simple answer, we need to eliminate suffering in the workplace and help leaders to flourish. Because when we have good leaders in place, the people under their care also flourish. That is really good for business. And by the way, as an extension of the podcast, I launched a leadership development course. It's got a catchy name. Check it out on my website. It's called From Boss to Leader. And in this course, I teach the skills that you often hear on the show. Things like how to communicate more effectively, how to engage your employees to put out their best effort, and how to build a high-performing organization. So check it out. I'm taking calls right now, and I'd love to personally chat with you to see if this course may be a good fit. Reach me on my website, marcelschwantes.com and click on virtual training. Okay, we're back. So, Kevin, what did you find that will make you really successful as a remote teammate? Well, we framed the book around this research, around th this model that we created which we call the three P model, because the three components of this model all start with the letter P. And the first one of those is productivity. You know, 
work is work and we're getting a paycheck to deliver value regardless of where we do that work. And so productivity has always mattered, right? Getting the work done. But the challenges that come with it now are different and in many cases harder. So productivity is a part of this big picture at the top of the mountain, Marcel, as you said, called it. This next piece is proactivity. And maybe that's the most important idea in the book, if you want to think about it that way. Because at the end of the day, what we have found is that people who are working remotely, the most effective remote teammates, recognize the need for being proactive, that things that might have happened or they could wait for things to happen before won't happen. Now, we have to be proactive in pretty much every sphere, whether that's our own engagement, whether that's connecting with our teammates, whether that's building trust, and we could go right on down that, whether that's how we interact in a meeting, proactivity matters a lot. And the third piece is what we call potential. And so every interaction that we have, every choice that we make, everything that we do during our day has the potential to have both short and long-term implications. And oftentimes, when we're busy, when we're stressed, when we're working alone, we move to what is, seems to be the most expedient or the most solution or choice or action or email when the reality is we need to be thinking about every interaction, every choice, having the potential both in the short, short term and long term to make a difference for us. And when we're not with other people, we sometimes forget some of that. So productivity, proactivity, potential. Yeah. It sounds to me like some of these are intangibles. They're personal attributes of the person brings with them. But can, can you coach them to these three Ps? Well, I don't think there's any question. Certainly, we can coach people to be more productive. You know, there have been 4,000 books written about productivity and time management in the past. There are skills there that people can absolutely learn. There are absolutely skills that we can learn to be more proactive, but we must recognize the need to, right? So I would actually say it this way, Marcel, that it's like anything else that we're not ready to learn it. We're not ready to build the skill set until we have the right mindset, right? And so this book in many ways gets at, I don't even know if we say it quite exactly, but a big part of our approach to learning and helping people grow is mindset, skill set, habit set. So yes, there are skills we can learn, but unless we have the right mindset, we probably won't learn them or they'll only be intellectual, right? And it requires habits to make the skills work long-term. So mindset, skill set, habit set. Right. Okay. So maybe my, my synapses are firing slow this morning, but what is the mindset? So we've hinted at some of it already. And part of it is the idea that how do you define your work? Mm. Right. And so many people who are working from home define their work as their task list. Well, this is the stuff I've got to do. My Mm. role is my work. And a more effective mindset for you. And certainly if you want to be a teammate, if you want to be engaged, if you want to be connected, is you have to think it's not just that your job is your work plus the teamwork, right? And that implies that mindset component of proactivity, that I can't just sit and wait for things to happen. I have to be engaged enough and choose to say, and to reach out, to raise my hand, to offer help, and a hundred other things related to being proactive. I love it. Okay, I want to talk about motivation. And let's say you're a leader. 
and you got a remote work culture. What keeps a remote teammate motivated these days? Well, so motivation is largely internal as well, right? So it was like, how do I motivate my team? I don't know that you can motivate your team. You can influence your team. You can persuade your team. You can do a lot of things to help them choose that. So I think the first thing I would say, if you're a leader wanting to motivate your team is to spend more time talking to them. Like I could give you a bunch of things. There's some things in the book to do, but the first thing to do is to ask them, do you know how they're doing? Do you know where they're stuck? And if they're stuck, why they're stuck? And if they're now feeling overwhelmed when early on in this whole pandemic thing, they were doing pretty well, like what's changed for them? So you need to know where folks are first. Mm. And then let me just free you all up a bit. You don't have to have all of the answers. Yeah. Ask your team, engage with them. Hey, what do we need to do? Are we in a lull? Are we, you know, what do we need to do? What can I do as the leader? But what do we need to do as a team? Yeah. To keep ourselves in that place of being connected and being engaged. And if we want to use that word motivated, like, so what stressors are in people's way? What worries and anxieties are in their way? What's Mm -hmm. going on in their personal lives? You know, like, this is the age leaders of empathy. Like, if you didn't realize before now that you need to learn how to be more empathetic, this should be pretty obvious now. Yeah. Yeah. You also stress the importance. This really, I, I like this part because so many of us get up in the morning, we don't have a routine. And you have this whole area where you talk about having a good routine. I think it's to start your day and get your day off on the right foot, the right direction. So what do you recommend for a really productive morning routine that sets your day in the right direction? So a couple of things, the book, we do talk about the importance of routines. We mostly talk about, as you said, beginning of day and close of day routines and, and beginning and end of work day, if you will. So here's the question, right? For those of you that are working from home now, what are you doing with your commute time? Because you used to have a commute, right? And the average American has like a 26, 27 minute commute each way. So what are you doing with that time? And if you don't have any answer, then you probably don't have any routine. And you probably, you had some kind of routine before, whether it was working or not, you had something that defined, now I'm going to work because I get in my car, I get in rapid transit, whatever it is, right? I get on a van pool, whatever it is, or walk, get on my bike, whatever. And there's a transition. And you not only left the building, right? But you did something different. And that created a space that said, okay, now I'm going to work. Now I'm at work. And for many people, Marcel, they're not doing that now. Mm-hmm. And, and what's happened is they now have a new routine. It's not serving them because they didn't consciously think about it for all those months. So what are you doing at the start of your day to set you up to succeed? And the first thing I would say is, create some conscious ones proactively that separate living and working, right. even if you're doing them in the same place, right? So if your answer to, well, Kevin, what I'm doing with my commute time is I'm working more. Well, my next question is, okay, is that what you want to do? And number two, are you really accomplishing more? And most people's answer to the, both questions are no and no, which means I'm getting the same work done, but I'm spending more time doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not the right answer, right? Mm. So in the same vein, I think now that we're talking about routine, 
so many of us, Kevin, are are just feeling overwhelmed and and completely snowed under our work. You know, the the to do list can seem endless. Not to mention now you got like me right now. I got my seven year old in another room doing his Zoom school. He could pop because in because your wife is gone and you're entirely in charge. <laughs> exactly. And yes, that causes a little bit of stress with me because I am recording a podcast right now with Kevin Eikenberry. So he could just barge in here right now. Hey, daddy, how do you work this? Okay. But here's the thing. Which would be awesome, by the way. I hope yeah. he does. Yes. Because my production team even actually told me one time, just put him on. Put him on and have him say something. <laughs> I may do that. But anyway, Kevin, this remote workspace that we find ourselves in can lead to a lot of discouragement and burnout and we lose our focus. So how can we get it all back? How can we get our focus back, stay productive and keep our sanity? Maybe you touched already on it, but are there any other tricks? I want to go back to your son just for a second, because yeah. I think there's a point in there. And that is that one of the things I've been saying to leaders and team members for the last year now is we need to grant each other some grace, mm. right? And so if your son came in and it, ha- it happens, like it happens. If the dog is barking, it happens. Now, if the dog is barking all day long, you need to figure out another process so that you can get your work done and you're not interrupting every meeting and every Zoom call that you're on. Like, I'm not saying that granting people grace means anything goes. We have a balance here. But I think that one of the reasons people are in overwhelm is they're worried about all that stuff, right? And so if you're feeling like you're in overwhelm, here's the first thing I would say. You're likely not the only one on the team that feels that way. So own it. The longer you hold on to it for yourself, like how well does that work? Think about it for yourself. Like if you're stressed about anything, you're just holding on to it. Like I got to figure this out. How well does that work? Not very. Who else probably has, is having the same issues? Other people on the team. Why not bring it up? And so if you're the leader, which I know most of you are, why not make space for that in a meeting? Hey, how is everybody doing? Hey, I know, Marcel, that you've got, you've figured out the whole kids doing remote learning in the next room. And I know that Lisa and Adrian and five other people have got the same situation. What, let's just take 10 minutes. What, what's working? What's not? So opening that up helps to let it, let us release it and then let the team help each other. And that will help build connection as well. I love it. Well, I want to transition to just one question before we wind down here and come to a close. And that's transitioning to the leadership part of the equation. So for all the leaders on the call, what can they do specifically to help engage and connect their people remotely? You got to lead by example. Hmm. Well, actually, you already are. Like if your team is not connecting the way that you'd like them to, my question to you is, are you, right? So for me personally, Marcel, I have what I call my rule of four. And so every day, my, my rule of four says for my team, uh, not, a, not our team, there's 13 of us. They don't all report directly to me, but it's our team, right? And so my rule of four says, at the end of the day, if I haven't had an interaction with four members of my team, then I haven't been successful. So the question is, if you want your team to be more engaged, if you want your team to be more connected, while we are physically distanced, we must remain socially connected, right? And we can have a whole conversation about how, how much I don't want, I dislike the phrase social distancing. Like, yeah. I'm not opposed to stopping the, the virus, but physical distancing, not social distancing. So if, if you feel like that's not happening for your team, the number one thing you can do is make sure you are 
connecting. Make sure mm. that when you're having conversations with your team members, you don't just dive into the work, but you start with how are you doing, what's going on, that you talk about the ball game, that, that if that matters to that other person. That if you, you ask about their kids, if that matters and is appropriate for them, that you're doing what you naturally did around the coffee pot before, hopefully, right? If you will, chances are they will. Now, you can, you can straight out say, hey, I want you to continue to interact and not just transact the business. But if you say that without doing it, the words are hollow. If you're showing it and then reinforcing it with your words, you got a great chance of having success. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, we wind down to our last two questions, Kevin, and, um, and it's tradition on the show to kind of have our guests get into their hearts. And here are my final two questions. Personally, What's really tugging at your heart right now that you would like us to know? The epidemic of loneliness and isolation, which was existing before a pandemic and is no doubt a bigger problem than ever. Chances are it's impacting people that you know, including those on your team. I believe in the months to come, we're going to hear more and more about it. And so, you know, 60% of people's social interaction happens at work. And much of that has vanished, at least in the way that it used to exist. I believe as leaders, we have a moral, ethical, and organizational responsibility to understand that, recognize it. And while we aren't psychologists, we aren't psychologists and psychiatrists, we can recognize that we got folks who are hurting. And I believe if we apply some of the things we've been talking about today, Marcel, we can have a positive impact and make it better while getting better results with the work. Mm, mm, yeah. Well, you finally get to close us out your way with that one key final takeaway that uh, we can take home with us. What would that be? Go do something. The way I end my podcast is asking the question, now what? So I'll end my guest appearance here with the same question. Now what? What are you going to do with what we've just talked about? We talked about a lot of practical stuff and there's something here chances are there's something here that you're feeling good about because you're already doing and that's awesome. But what will really matter is what you heard here or what you inferred from here that you know will make a difference for you as a leader, as a teammate, as a spouse, as a parent. And it's when you take the action that something will change. So Kevin, if people want to connect with you and learn more about you, your services, where can they go? Well, first of all, in terms of the book, longdistanceteammate.com. For leaders, you mentioned it earlier, longdistanceleaderbook.com. But you can go to remote, you can go to the Remote Leadership Institute, remoteleadershipinstitute.com. And, uh, you know, if you found this useful, first of all, go give five stars to Marcel. But then, you know, I would love to be connected with you. And probably the easiest way to do that is on LinkedIn. Just go to LinkedIn and say, hey, I heard you on the podcast and I'd love to be connected with you there. Mm. Hey, it's been a blast. But uh, thanks for joining us on the show. We are better for your wisdom and your thought leadership. And best of luck to you in all your endeavors. It was a joy, Marcel, to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Stick around for my three action steps. Three things that I will personally recommend you start doing today based on what we learned from this episode, as well as Kevin's book. Hey, hope you enjoyed that conversation. So here are my three action items, courtesy of Kevin and his work and research. 
Try them and let me know whether they're making a change in how you lead or work remotely. And you can hashtag Love in Action Podcast and join the conversation. Your action items come from Kevin's 3P model, which he says leads to overall remote work success. The three P's again are productivity, proactivity, and potential. So action item number one is from that first P of productivity. No big surprise here, right? One of the first things we think about when doing good remote work is, well, actually getting the work done. Productivity is important, but it's not enough to keep you engaged, connected, or promoted over the long haul. Also, if you're not careful, you may be really productive while eating into your personal time or working too many hours, which can result in burnout. Completing your work on the right things in the right way is just the start. So we got to bring in the other two P's of Kevin's model. Action item number two falls under that second P, proactivity. The most effective remote teammates these days, they recognize the need for being proactive. Things that might have happened or that could have waited to happen in the past, it just won't happen now. So as a teammate, you have to be proactive in everything that falls in your sphere of influence. You have to be proactive in engaging yourself in your work. You have to be proactive in connecting with your teammates and building trust with your peers and bosses. And maybe it means being proactive in how you show up in a meeting and how you contribute and the things that you say, having a voice. Action item number three is around Kevin's third P, and that's potential. Every interaction and choice we make has the potential for short and long-term implications, says Kevin. So whether it's just, you know, an email that you shoot out to someone to request something or a Zoom conference, or maybe it's a walk-by-my-desk interaction, we have to be of the mindset to consider that every one of these choices and interactions will have the potential to make a difference for us. So that wraps it up for today. My special thanks to Kevin Eikenberry for joining us. I'd love it if you would contribute to the conversation and comment on social media. Again, hashtag Love in Action Podcast will get you there. Look for it on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Finally, if you or your company would like to sponsor episodes of the Love in Action Podcast, hit me up on my website, marcelschwantes.com, or find me on LinkedIn, Marcel Schwantes. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it, subscribe, and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Doing so will help more people to find the podcast so we can keep spreading the Love in Action movement. Until next time, don't forget, the future of leadership is love in action. Believe it, practice it, and be convinced.